You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Matt Wehmeyer joined by Adam Barry this week. Adam, the MLB.com Pirates reporter. We thank him for his time. Adam, welcome aboard. And uh, what we're going to do today is just kind of take a more lighthearted approach to uh, spring training and talk about uh, some of the more anecdotal and behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, fans may not be privy to uh, during the course of spring training. And, Adam, uh, you know, let's start here. It seems like every year there's a there's a minor leaguer in camp who is not on the radar, maybe not a top prospect. And before you know it, three games are in the books, four games. The guy's eight for ten. He's got two home runs. He's stealing bases left and right. And clearly he's going to be the next uh, Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or the next Hall of Famer. So there, it seems like there's a guy like that in every camp, every season. Who is that guy right now for the Pirates? It's actually kind of funny you put it that way because the, the minor leaguers have kind of been the story of uh, Pirates spring training so far. You know, there's not like a ton of position battles or anything to resolve. So uh, it's more about us getting kind of our first extended look at some of these, these top prospects we've heard so much about. And the Pirates have even kind of played into that a little bit. Uh, Clint Hurdle said the other day it's the best group of uh, prospects he's seen in his time with the Pirates. So, I mean, really take your pick. It could be, you know, the guys that you know, Tyler Glass now, Jamison. Tyon, uh, Josh Bell, guys like, or Reese McGuire, the catcher, or it could be, you know, sort of the next tier below that that I think are, are sort of turning some heads right now. Guys like Alan Hansen, who actually has a shot to make the team, or the uh, couple of pitchers who are sort of slated for AAA or AA, guys like Chad Cool, Stephen Brault, and uh, Trevor Williams, uh, guys that maybe the casual fan hasn't quite heard of, but uh, they're, they're getting a little more attention this spring. Now, I know that uh, in most major league camps, you know, you've got these these high-profile uh, minor league prospects who have a, a decent shot of making the team. Now, you're kind of saying that with the Pirates, because it's it's more of a veteran-related group, uh, they're an established, successful team. That's not so much the case. Is that at all discouraging for these young guys to know that, you know what, I could – I might not give up a run all spring or I might hit 500 during the spring and there's really no chance of me cracking this roster. Is that, is there any sort of that dynamic there right now? No, I think they get it. And I think they'd rather be part for the most part, they'd rather be part of an organization where, you know, success is expected at the major league level. You know, it's not uh, just sort of the next man up because they're there. It's, you know, they're looking for the, the best fits and you know they're looking to bring up players when they're ready not just for the sake of bringing them up because they have nobody else to fill those spots um and you know a lot of them are going to be a call away from the majors this year so i think that's kind of encouraging if anything to them you know they can uh, make an impression on manager clint hurdle and the big league staff and you know when a time does come whether it's june july or later this year even next spring uh they've sort of made their mark already and Adam, on the flip side of things, you know, I, I love now in the, the age of social media with fans, if there's a, a veteran or even a star player that gets off to a slow start, you go to Twitter and, you know, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? He's, you know, he's striking out. He's not doing anything at the play. Is, has he hit the wall? What's, you know, there's always, there's always that overreaction by fans, which makes being a fan so great and so wonderful in spring <laughs> training, you know, what it is. Is there a guy eliciting that kind of response from some irrational fans right now? Yeah, overreaction theater is one of my favorite parts of spring training. Um, I think it was maybe two or three games into the spring, 
Uh, John Jaso had made a couple of misplays at first base. You know, he'd, he'd maybe played eight or ten innings uh, at the position at that time. You know, he's trying to learn the position this spring. And I got a couple of tweets and some emails asking what, what happens at first base if John Jaso continues to struggle. <laughs> you know, if he continues to struggle, it'll be mid-March. So he's still got a couple of weeks before opening day. Uh, that one is, you know, there's some, like, cause for concern there because he is learning the position, and it's fairly important given what we saw with Pedro Alvarez last year. But it's the first week of March. Like, we can all calm down. It's, this is the time where guys do get game reps and, and stuff like that. So I, I'd imagine that uh, panic isn't going to go away, but it's kind of funny to watch the first the first week of games. Yeah, it really, it really is. And you brought up a good point where, you know, now uh, in the age of, of Facebook and Twitter, you can have those instant hot takes and get them to whatever <laughs> reporter or media member you want, and that just exacerbates, you know, whatever problems, quote-unquote, a certain player is having. It's always entertaining to watch, and like you said, it's mid. It's not even mid-March. John Jason, a proven major leaguer, he'll be just fine. Everybody should just take a deep breath and uh, certainly right. calm down. So, well yeah, said. They, they, take a, they take on a life of their own at this time of the spring. It's kind of funny, you know, where it's become, oh, you know, this story about questions about his struggles at first base. And it's like, well, you know, it's a couple of fans overreacting at this point. They're not really questions. They're right. just... Uh, you know, like I said, overreaction theater. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, overreaction theater. I certainly will keep that in my back pocket. Uh, Adam, another topic, too, you know, on the flip side of things, you know, if there's a guy, a, a new guy in camp, whether uh, via free agency or via trade, and they perform well, you've got fans saying, oh, I knew that guy was, you know, he's, he's going to be a great fit, and we won the hot stove season, we brought him in. Is there a guy eliciting that kind of response from the fan base right now? It's hard to say just because there's not a ton of new guys, um, and apparently fans are more likely to be pessimistic on social media than uh, overreact in a positive way. But I think Juan Nicasio, the hard-throwing righty uh, they brought in, he's getting stretched out as a starter. He's more likely going to wind up in the bullpen, filling a variety of roles. Uh, people are kind of liking what they see out of him so far. Uh, you know, the guy who pitched pretty well out of the Dodgers bullpen last year could fill a ton of different roles. Uh, he's looked pretty good. Uh, John Jaso on the other side of the of the coin has looked pretty good at the plate, more or less as advertised. And I think Ryan Vogelsong's uh, first start of the spring probably went a long way to just uh, calming some of the initial panic about the fact that he's going to be in the rotation to start the year. He goes out, he throws two perfect innings, looks pretty good. Um, personally, I'm kind of high on Ryan Vogelsong uh, this year, at least what he can do in the first half, uh, maybe throughout the season even, but I think that was probably a good first impression or first re-impression, I guess, uh, for Ryan Vogelsong. Yeah, second tour of duty uh, with the team and uh, a guy that's got a proven track record. He could be a very solid uh, mid-rotation guy for this Pirates team in 2016. We'll certainly see how that develops. And, uh, Adam, the my, my favorite question of the list that we're kind of going down, I've gotten some very interesting responses from your NL Central cohorts for MLB.com. What in your eyes right now in Pirates camp has been – the biggest spring training bromance? Oh, I love that question, and I wish I had a better answer. It's a really tight clubhouse overall, so it's not like you know, pair, guys pairing off. It's not quite like A.J. Burnett and Jeff Locke last year right. or uh, Archimedes Kimonero and Radamus Lees last year. Those were, like, those were true bromances, in my opinion. Uh, so maybe this year, uh, a little bit off the board, uh, maybe guys like Gifton Gope and Josh Bell, uh, their prospects probably going to be at AAA again this year. They're they're pretty tough to separate. They've come up through the minor league system together. Uh, Gift is a really outgoing guy. Uh, I think that's they their sort of interactions are pretty funny. 
Um, and another interesting one, actually, is Francisco Cervelli and Manny Sanguian, the mm. former Pirates catcher who's in camp as a guest instructor. One of my favorite things early on in the first couple weeks over at Pirate City was to watch uh, after Cervelli would catch some bullpens, he would just go sit next to Sanguian, and they would just sit there, you know, share stories together, watch uh, other pitchers and catchers in the bullpen, just laugh and smile. Uh, that, to me, is one of the neatest little pairings that I've actually seen in spring training. And I think uh, if your first name is Gift, uh, you can't help but be outgoing, I think. It's kind right. of predetermined, right? <laughs> yeah, especially from the background you know, that he comes from, that being born in South Africa, first black South African player to have a chance uh, to be on a major league roster. Life is pretty good for Gift and Gope at this point. Yeah, and I remember during the, the World Baseball Classic qualifier about a month ago, he hit a, a leadoff home run against two I can't remember, but I'm thinking, like, oh, the <laughs> Pirates might have something here. Uh, he <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not a power hitter, but that was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully he makes an impression, continues to make an impression in Pirates camp. Uh, we'll certainly see. And, uh, Adam, what so far has been the strangest or funniest moments that you've observed, whether on the field, in the clubhouse, or maybe both? Hmm. Um, one of the weirder things I've seen, I guess you could call it strange, was Jim Harbaugh coaching first base for the Tigers uh, yes. over at McKechnie Field the other day. Uh, took the whole thing really seriously. You know, walked in with the Michigan football team, Clint Hurdle, talked to him a little bit, and then he goes, suits up in the Tigers jersey, and he's, he's coaching first base. And I, I noticed right before first pitch, he leans over to Jaso and he, he shakes his hand, which is just kind of a weird thing to – and he went and signed autographs for the fans basically five, ten minutes before first pitch. That was kind of a weird offbeat uh, type thing that you like to see in spring training. Yeah, and he certainly raised eyebrows uh, just for being himself and who he is and bringing his uh, Wolverines team down to Florida in the first place. Uh, that rubbed some people the wrong way. But getting a chance to coach first base, you know, hey, if, uh, if you can do it, why not do it? So Jim Harbaugh is certainly doing it. Uh, Adam, let's see, going down the list here, uh, any interesting sound bites, uh, given to the media, whether in a serious tone, a lighthearted tone, uh, anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I think from a serious point of view, um, Garrett Cole telling the Pittsburgh Tribune review, uh, Garrett Cole and his agent, Scott Boris, uh, that they were sort of offended and uh, sort of put off by the way the Pirates handled his contract situation. That was kind of a big story around baseball. Uh, the other week, and Garrett Cole even went so far as to say that uh, the team threatened to drop his salary back down to the league minimum, which they have the right to do. It's probably not good from a public relations standpoint that they would uh, make such an offer to you know their ace pitcher, a young guy that they'd like to have around for a couple more years. So I think that definitely raised some eyebrows uh, within Pittsburgh and actually sort of started a broader conversation around baseball about these pre-arbitration eligible uh, players and their their salaries. Yeah, agreed. That was one that definitely uh, stood out. And uh, like you said, you know, technically they have the right to lower his salary, mm -hmm. but what a PR nightmare that would be uh, for this team to treat their ace uh, that way. So something to keep an eye on, definitely, as we go towards uh, opening day here in the next uh, couple of weeks. And, uh, mm -hmm. Adam, going back to uh, the top of the conversation, you said, you know, this is a team – their roster spots are pretty much set. Nonetheless, uh, any developing battles for either a roster spot or a spot in that rotation that are kind of percolating right now? Uh, two interesting ones that we probably wouldn't have seen coming at the beginning of February are Matt Joyce, uh, who was brought in on a minor league deal. He has a real shot to be this team's fourth outfielder. Uh, I'd say we didn't expect that one at the beginning of February because he wasn't on the team. He signed basically uh, right around the time uh, pitchers and catchers reported to Pirate City, but 
I'd say he has a pretty good shot, just given his big league track record uh, last year accepted. And then the other interesting one is, is Cole Figueroa. Uh, the Pirates signed him in December as a minor league guy, non you know non roster invitee. Um, and then we showed up, uh, you know, the first day of full squad workouts, and he's out there in a group with Andrew McCutcheon, Josh Harrison, Jung Ho Gung. You know, basically uh, the 25 man roster, and he's out there working out with them. And I'd say if Gong isn't ready for opening day, which seems to be the case at this point, you could see Cole Figueroa on the opening day roster as kind of a utility backup infielder. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting development for sure. And, uh, Adam, just to wrap up here, you had a great article on the website uh, a day or two ago about uh, getting to speak with Mike Emmerich. And for those that don't know, uh, Mike Emmerich is, in my eyes and in many others, the greatest hockey announcer that's ever lived or ever may live uh, the, the guy is just off the charts tremendous. Uh, he got to do a couple innings of a spring training game recently. Tell me about your interaction with this guy who I have just uh, idolized uh, ever since I started watching hockey pretty much. It's just – it was so cool to see him around. He came by Pirate City to kind of get to know some guys, do some early, like, prep work for the broadcast. He'll be back on uh, on the TV broadcast here in a couple of days. You know, just so giving with his time, even with reporters, you know, just willing to talk and – it's really neat from a reporter's perspective to see somebody who's been around sports so long, done so much. I mean, he's a hockey hall of famer, but he, he's such a fan. Like he's so excited to watch the pirates and uh, even call a game. Like he was nervous a little bit before he stepped into it, to the booth to call, you know, a spring training game on the radio. Uh, that to me has been a really neat thing uh, to get to experience this spring is, you know, being around such a, such a distinguished figure in, in his field and see his excitement and his passion for, for a team like the Pirates. Yeah, and like you said in the article, you know, this is a guy that has flawlessly called uh, an innumerable amount of line changes in his hockey career, and he's getting nervous about, you know, a position change in the fifth inning of an infielder. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> I, I love that. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, you call – I could not imagine calling a hockey game with the line changes, guys jumping on and off the ice. And he's sitting there worried about the mass substitutions that take place around the fifth inning of every spring training game, which that, that to me was just so funny to hear a guy like that say that. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, I tried calling hockey play-by-play when I was in college, and I think by the first intermission I was in the corner weeping uncontrollably. It's, it is incredibly, incredibly difficult. And to do it with the skill that he does it with, it's just it's unfathomable. It's really off the charts. So uh, kudos to you for getting that interaction with Mike Emmerich, and that is a good way – to wrap this baby up, uh, Adam, thanks so much for the time. We'll do it again next week as this is Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.